0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the
1: Magimuscular.
2: Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger.
1: Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks.
3: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I
4: am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks... The Heralds of Greenest are enjoying a bit of downtime after a trip to the elemental plane of water to recover a legendary instrument of the bards. Now, back in Waterdeep, they've split up, which is always a good idea. Carlton has been learning to cook, Travancore and Bernie are finding a lawyer to talk over contract law. And Jonathan, after going back and forth from the Plain of Water to help the Watchful Order of Magis and Protectors, has received the list of bards who are supposed to perform as part of their Watchful Orders Orchestra. Now, plans must be made to figure out how to broker a deal between those in the city and the blue dragon, Fontorbrac. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your GM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. For the first time in a very long time, I have a beer. I have a beer for three reasons. One, I was able to buy a single can of beer because I am at an age and at a point in my life in where my diet basically demands I don't drink as much beer. Not that I ever drank a lot of beer, but a six pack will sit in my fridge for like four months. Two... I burgers today on Keto Buns, but still really good burgers. And you know what? It's a Friday. You need a beer to go through burgers. And three, it was Pyramid Apricot Ale, which is one of my favorite beers and one of my favorite kinds of beers. Pretty much the only thing I like more than the apricot ale that Pyramid puts out is their Hefeweizen, which might be the other thing I buy when I go back to the store. Uh, But I saw it and I splurged and I'm happy. Yay. Jonathan, what are you drinking?
0: Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Muscular. And today I am drinking another Truly Iced Tea. Uh, this one, uh, the reason why it's not in a can, it's in a uh, one of my BGG.com uh, glasses, is that it is uh, infused with a shot of vodka. I have not tasted this yet. I haven't actually tried the Truly Iced Tea uh, seltzers with vodka yet, so let's see how it
4: is.
3: Wait, you didn't want to put some Firefly in there?
4: Firefly? Firefly? Fireball?
3: No, Firefly.
4: <laughs> I don't know what that is besides a small insect that glows in the dark. It
3: must be I, iced, I, iced tea
0: vodka. No, 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 no. No, no. It's just regular vodka.
3: I Oh, yeah, but that's what Firefly is.
0: Right. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yes. Yes. Have
3: yeah, you oh. not for real? Like a. No.
0: No. Never I now that it's coming back to me. It's just been a while. I bought a lot of Firefly during my RTX days way back when. That we we had it stocked at our con our condo. But uh, no, this ain't bad. Uh, and like I said, this is the iced tea seltzer with just a normal shot of vodka, and it's fine. Uh, you know, it still tastes like <laughs> iced tea, and it still tastes like seltzer, and I can still taste the vodka. However. Mm. Today's shot of Fireball to be uh, consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to a great friend, Jason Ram. Jason, thank you so much Yay! for your patronage. Yay! Thank you so much for just being you. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks, Jason. We'll see you. I- I'll-, I'll see you soon, hopefully. We'll see.
4: Cheers unto you. And Travancore, what are you drinking?
2: Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Blue Moon Mango Wheat. Hmm. Brewed by this uh, Blue Moon Brewing Company, which is a subsidiary of a small little startup called Miller Coors. Um, so, <laughs> live tasting.
4: I like that you're you've got the the wheat, and I've got the apricot. We're, we're both very summery.
2: Oh yeah, that is that is peak summer. It's like summer in a can. That's nice. like, That'll do. That'll do nicely, especially since there's no AC or fan going in this room right now, and it's very hot
4: oh oh i'm sorry yeah yeah we're hitting that that time of the year and where those of us who don't have air conditioning and those of us who require air conditioning are going to have different reactions to the summer carlton what are you drinking
1: uh i've got a very nice cool can of liquid death mountain water which is <laughs> for those of you who don't know is basically the unofficial water of D. <laughs> it's everywhere because, in D
4: because it's called liquid death and also joe
1: manganello is the uh the spokesperson pardon or something of it so you know mm-hmm. dnd water and it's delicious apparently you could sell your soul for a case
4: that seems pricey for a case yeah it's pretty good I would, water i would <laughs> want lifetime supply if i'm selling my soul but maybe i price my soul much higher than other people do bernie what are you drinking
3: nah, well now i'm on the firefly website <laughs> because you guys gave me these blank stares and i was like oh god um."
0: listen it's been a long time since i since okay so so to that point there was a a taste test that we did uh in the rail yards condo at rtx the test was what is the best boozy arnold palmer is it
4: i do remember that
0: yes is it Vodka infused with iced tea, or iced tea vodka with lemonade, lemonade vodka with lemonade, with iced tea vodka, or iced tea and lemonade vodka.
3: But what about lemonade vodka with regular iced tea?
0: Uh, I, I may have missed that. I
2: think
3: that we, one would we tried be the, the best. combinations.
0: We we were both we were much more sober and a lot more drunk after. Pretty much anything except booze flavored and booze flavored were fine. The booze flavored and the booze flavored did not go well together. At, like flavor wise, yes, it was very boozy, but it also tasted like absolute shit.
3: The first time I had like an alner, uh, uh, an Arnold Palmer made with Firefly, I was given a lot of Firefly and like a splash of lemonade, and it was put in my hand. And someone was like, "You're going to kill her," and it was immediately taken out of. My- <laughs>
0: Seems that, that tracks, yeah. And yeah, I
3: was like, wait, what? And they're like, what are you doing? This is just like a literal cup of vodka. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, Firefly no, okay.
0: is pretty dangerous.
3: It does not taste, the, the stuff I had, I was like, this does not taste like liquor. And at the time, I probably now as like, a 33 year old who drinks like once a week with you guys i'd probably be like holy shit this is really strong but at the time i was like i can't taste it i'm in college i drink <laughs> I, was like, I was like my blood alcohol levels higher than my gpa you know like it's just like <gasps> uh but what am i actually drinking tonight i am drinking a quebec beer actually uh which is kind of great it's from chambly I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. The beer is from a company called Unibrew, and I love it because it's spelled U-N-I-B-R-O-U-E.
4: <laughs> oh, jeez. Because
3: it's like, you know, it's it's great. And it's uh, Blanche de Chambly, and it's a uh, Bière Blanche. Uh, so it's a Belgian-style white beer. Nice. So we'll see. Steven actually had his. We always buy, like, beer in pairs. Uh, he had his grilling, like, a little while back, so.
4: I love that. All of us are drinking out of cans or bottles today. Yeah. Actually. Well, I'm pouring. Oh, you're pour. Okay. I'm doing like being the healthy. worst Fiancy.
3: pour ever. I'm just going to drink this out of the can real quick.
4: That's okay. It's an audio podcast. I'm not taking any pictures. Mm. Who cares?
3: Yeah, that's really good. That's very summery. Oh, it's nice.
4: Nice. You know, it's also nice playing with all of you. Let's do this. d, d. its is. D and d. It is d, and d Dun, dun, dun. It is the morning. For those that care, it's the morning of the ninth of chess. Which I still will continue to call chess because no one has corrected me yet.
3: Just tell me, tell me when we get to the fourteenth, and we're gonna all take a break, and we're gonna have a chocolate chest pie, and it's gonna be pie day.
4: <laughs> It'll be pie day. We're getting there. You're you're getting there slowly. You have had a couple of relaxing-ish days, doing some stuff. Jonathan has, at this point, been back and forth from the Plain of Water. You've all had various bits of downtime, but uh, now that he has returned, it is the morning, and you're all back at the Golden Rock Tavern. As I said in the recap, there's a couple of things going on. Kind of the overarching thing that is still waiting to happen is, what are you doing with this instrument? And when are you talking to Thontorvrak? And things like that. But... The day is yours, and how you go about things are yours, and uh, is there anything in specific you'd like to do?
1: Uh, I'm going to keep working on my tavern skills today, if uh, Gustav will have me. But I think we previously discussed that I would be back in the morning, so.
4: Yep. He will have you, although uh, everybody is kind of here for breakfast. So, if you would like to spend a little time as as the four of you are figuring out, oh what yeah, I, to I do I'm going to go to yeah. work
1: after breakfast. You don't work before breakfast. What about some kind of evil? unless
4: you're working the breakfast shift? Yeah, uh, yeah. Unless you are working the breakfast shift, which Gustak, knowing that you want to speak to your friends, is kind enough to tell you that you don't have to worry. He's got you.
1: I also don't technically work for him, so. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, you've got you've got the the trade agreement going on where you're you're apprenticed to yeah. him in a in a very basic, he's teaching you how to do stuff because he likes you and you're a friend and you he's not paying you, he's paying you an experience oh, which is man. usually horrible, but he is literally teaching you how to do this job. So instead of you paying him for schooling, he is just teaching you stuff. But you are all sitting around enjoying some breakfast and then yeah afterwards if you would like to spend another day working with the you can absolutely do that
3: bernie takes a bite of toast and who do you think the french people are in fair what do you think is the
0: cultural equivalent of french people
4: i have zero idea so i'm gonna i
0: I was gonna say (laughs) fans but probably not actually but
3: no bernie says you're never gonna master the Thean omelet if you don't work the breakfast shift, Carlton. Uh,
1: I don't want dead bodies you in my he, omelets. Here's the
0: thing: this is to John. This is to John, the player. It's just eggs. So look at it this aren't way: aren't
3: all omelets dead bodies if you think about no, it? No,
0: no, no, it's no, no. A no. Too but, hard. but so <laughs> even though even though Thay is run by an lich, there's still plenty of living people in Thay. and. I mean, it could be that the arch liches, sort of, and the liches that are in charge are bringing cuisine from when they were alive, and sort of like forcing it on their subordinates. So those older recipes are kind of like crawling through time, and so like a Thean omelet is is not a modern dish at all on the Sword Coast, but because of who's in charge and when they were eating, it is considered like. I don't know, like sort of a sort of a uh, a reverential dish in Thay.
3: I mean, you got to (laughs) master the the Thayan omelette, which is just my for anybody who's asking if you've ever made a French omelette. It's just eggs and like four pounds of butter
1: and a lot of time and care, a lot of time. And you have to be
3: perfectly it's everything from like whisking them long enough. To scrambling them perfectly, to rolling heat, it, off the
1: heat, on the heat, off, the, off the, heat. Heat. the heat, on the heat, off the heat. It's an and, arcane uh, ritual to make this omelet. Consister. That seems
0: that seems perfect for Thay.
3: And and that's why I asked why you and, and if you think about it for a time, France was run by Madame Guillotine. So,
4: <laughs> and it's at this point that gustav comes on over to refill some of the uh, the tea and the coffee and says, "Listen." I live forever, and I don't have enough time for that shit. And walks away.
1: So I don't know if I'll be able to master it if the guy who's a, I'm a pro- learning under doesn't know how to ma- make it. He
3: knows how to make it. He just doesn't have time to make it as part of the breakfast shift. But you, have you noticed that he makes a perfectly soft scrambled egg every single time? And I think these are duck eggs. And Bernie takes another bite because she's just she just looks over at Travancore, hoping that he will catch on and. Troll Carlton with her a little.
2: Travacore ignoring this actually is totally blown over by the fact that (laughs) Gustax said he's going to live forever.
4: You all do kind of know this. You do remember going on the adventure with him where he was helping with death. And there seemed to be something about the fact that he is practically unkillable. You don't know all of the details, but... I will say, Travancore, you do have kind of that natural reaction, not necessarily because this is something you didn't know, but you hadn't heard it expressed quite so bluntly.
2: <laughs> Travancore immediately retreats to his notebook and writes, Is he a Duncan? Is he a Connor?
4: <laughs> Must I kill him to take his power so there can be only one?
1: <laughs> Part of me feels like Bernie is just really pushing this so that she has a, her own personal traveling chef.
4: <laughs> well, I want
2: to elect you just walk up to the and say, You don't have to kill yourself to make a living if you come from a a background of wealth and privilege, as I do. And then I'm going to sit back
0: down. I think probably about this time, because this is the next morning, right in the middle, because he he gives no fucks. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of Connors, uh, Connors of a different variety, you see uh jonathan the Madge muscular appear in a in a sphere of light kind of kneeling down and he rises up and smoke is kind of coming off of him uh he's fully clothed not naked so okay this is good not i terminator <laughs> time travel uh situation but he just kind of like rolls his shoulders snaps his fingers bucks appears like and i figured like bucks kind of like appears and he's just like whoo, and it just lands on his shoulder and he's just like huh ah, morning
4: everyone
3: how full is the dining room right now? <laughs> it is just the four of
0: you and
4: Gestak.
3: Okay, good. That's what I thought. Bernie looks around. She goes, oh, you did all that for us.
0: Oh, wait. Uh, hang on. Uh, plane shift. Thank you, Jason.
1: Oh, there
3: you go.
0: Yeah. Cheers.
3: So you did every, you did all of that just for us. She's like looking around the dining room.
0: This is how it, well, you, you guys normally don't see how it looks uh, from this, from that end.
3: And then she, she, she's she, like, she elbows calm she goes, is there a tiefling in here I don't know about?
2: I haven't seen Justin in some time. Oh, well, not tiefling, never mind. No, I, I assure you, all of you, <laughs> when Got you, you travel up. this way, look this awesome.
0: Halfling. Tiefling.
3: When I travel this way, I often excuse myself and vomit afterwards.
0: Uh, I mean, to be fair, Jonathan the Medramuscular has had a lot more experience with this now. And uh,
2: Jonathan the Magimuscular is getting better. So just upset Tummy then?
0: Yeah, uh, it's probably, like, I I not eat yet. And uh, that's, that's something that Jonathan the Magimuscular tries to avoid, eating before teleportation. Like the
3: hot dogs. Uh, Bernie says, <laughs> can you make the smoke change color?
0: Wait, uh, there's, oh shit, there is smoke. <laughs> wow, I don't think I can because I didn't even know it was there.
4: Give me a, a uh, Arcana roll
0: arcana arcana mm-hmm. okay uh that is uh, 28
4: now that you know that there's smoke y- you can do a little bit of research maybe figure it out maybe figure out if it's tied to the plane you are coming from or the plane you're going to and see if you could manipulate how that smoke looks now that you know knowing is half the battle you don't think you could do it immediately but now you've got a place to start so you eh, take a little research
0: Jonathan the Muscular has also just realized something and as he teleports in and he starts uh, bantering with everyone. He doesn't actually own this here plane of water key. This was Thontor Vrax, and I'm not sure if he wants it back.
3: I'm going to go with, given he's a dragon and they do, like, the hoarding, he probably wants it back. Are you done using it?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I think I've got a couple more trips.
4: Uh, Jonathan, your I, I will make your life easy. Your keen mind remembers the conversation you had with Thantor He does want the key back. You remember that he talked about the reason it's taken him so long to find some of these instruments as he spent a very long time trying to find that specific tuning fork to get to the plane of water. The other thing you do remember is that the Watchful Order does have access to some of those tuning forks. And especially now that you have taken a member there, uh, they were able to gather materials in order to make new ones. So you, you've you got a few options, but you do know of Rack is going to want that tuning fork back.
0: Okay. Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular w- makes a note to ask for... One of the keys, if one, if a spare one becomes available, and also if he gets some cash. Jonathan the Muscular is very cash poor right now.
3: Are we getting paid for this, by the way?
0: For which the
3: Dontervax Aaron.
4: I just yes, really- I you're okay. getting you're getting paid in the fact that he is not going to destroy an entire town of kobolds that are peacefully re- resettled. Oh, wait, he's in blackmailed. He blackmailed
3: us. Oh yeah, this one was blackmail. We got to yeah. work on paying. Uh, well,
0: I th- and I think this was also the end of our of our relationship with Thantovrac. I think after this, the one of the reasons why we accepted this shitty deal was that he wasn't going to call on us anymore, and the only reason why any of us are going to be involved with Dantorvrak going forward, we'll be keeping the peace when the instrument is transferred from Dantorvrak to the city for use, and then vice versa. So yeah. I think that th- that is going to be the extent of our relationship with Dantorvrak after this.
2: We've got to hit up Wendergott's Tower to finish this fiscal year in the black.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah! The of us could like, so every time Jonathan the Magic Muscular has teleported uh, back to the the uh, uh, Watchful Order, he walks by the library and he knows there are like first and second level spells that he really wants to grab. And then he opens up his coin purse, and a moth flies out, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> all right, I'm poor.
3: We'll get paid for something we do. Hopefully. after this,
0: yeah." So Jonathan, all all of this is like a riot in Jonathan's mind as he flashes back to the past. is like, yes, I will have to return this, but I think we'll be okay. I think that shouldn't be a problem.
3: That's good, because, you know, I think it's going to be working out how the instruments happen, like, oh, what? Easy. Speaking of which, and she uh, turns to Travencourt, she goes, we're going to see your lawyer friend?
2: That we are going to do, he said artfully. Oh, can I come? More than merrier. Go. Cool. Bucks, uh, you want to come to see a lawyer's house, or
0: you want to you wanna hang out here with Carlton and, uh, and sample some of this food? And Bucks looks at me, looks at Carlton, looks at me, flies over smiling. to Carlton. <laughs> yeah, he fl- Oh, wait, ha- hang on. Carlton, here, come here. Yeah, what's up? ha da! Ah, I forgot about
4: that. <laughs> I'm assuming that's mind blank?
0: That is mind blank, yes. <laughs> okay,
4: all right. I know we've gotten used to the ha-cha-cha-cha <laughs> being mind blank.
2: Hachi-machi.
4: I feel like it's worth asking. It, it
0: is worth clarifying. If you, okay. Hey, have you never listened to us? Welcome. This is yeah. what we do.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, the fact that Rory's telepathic bond has turned into Tel Bond has permeated my psyche so deeply that uh, on Heroes of the Plains, when Alindra cast it, and we all now have Tel Bond there, I literally used, you know, oh, we've got Tel Bond. And so now we're all using it there, too. Tel <laughs> so. Bond. Yeah, it's a group call. Okay. So Bucks is going to stay with Carlton, who is going to take another cooking class, and the rest of you are going to go talk to the lawyer. Yep, yep. Okay. Excitements for lawyers. Carlton, it's me. It you. Let's start with you and then we'll uh, we'll jump on over to our three other friends as they meander on over to go talk to the to Sharon Douglas. I've got her right here. So, I'm going to have you do the same roles that you did before, but before we do that, I would like to know what would you like to learn from Gestok today?
1: So we covered cooking yesterday. Let's go with bartending today.
4: Okay. There will be still some cooking, but he can, yeah. he can focus in.
1: Right. Yeah. Like we got some cooking. We got all day, but like, let's, let, let's learn something new and expand the mind. So keep working on the skills I already learned, but like, let's throw a mix of new skills in there too. So we slowly grow.
4: So Gestak does not have what you would call an expansive liquor license or liquor in general. A lot of what he's got is kind of the basics. But what he can teach you, the good thing about that is he's not going to be able to teach you mixology. He's not going to be teaching you how to flare and, you know, mix complicated drinks and everything. But what he can teach you is the art of... Good pouring technique out of a tap of being able to recommend something when someone comes on in and what kind of often happens is they want a drink, but they don't know what they want. And like the two or three good questions to ask to find out, do they want an ale? Do they want a wine? Or do they really just kind of want tea, but they think that they want alcohol? That kind of thing. So it's a little little bit of customer service, a little bit of pouring technique to get the right head on the ale, a uh, little bit of understanding some of the, the few whiskeys that he's got. And, you know, he's got a lot of the basics. So it's a really good place to start. And then on top of that, you'll take care of lunch. So... I'm going to have you do the same three rolls you did last time. I want, in order, a performance check, a sleight of hand check, and an investigation check.
1: All right. Performance.
4: Performance.
1: Will be a 15. What was the second one? Sleight of hand?
4: Sleight-o-hand.
1: Ooh, a nine. And then Mm -hmm. investigation. Also a nine.
4: All right. So the first time, your performance was... not quite amazing but your investigation and sleight of hand are really good uh and so you had created some with a meals, well the last time so you had a performance of three oh, okay the last time you had a three a 13 and a 22 gotcha my my notes here yes this uh, time it's <laughs> yeah this time what you're really good at is the the cliche pour from the tap which is harder than it looks but like getting the right angle on the on the glass, um, the different... He's got a, a light, a medium and a dark and like a, you know, sometimes he'll have a, a wheat beer there and each of them need a slightly different pour and each of them need a slightly different technique. Things like that, you're super good at. You pick this up right away. It's just innate. Your food skills kind of don't get too much better. However, you're still really learning about... They don't get worse, but you haven't really picked up any, dec- anything new with your knife technique. You haven't really mastered like some of the the some of the techniques that you need for slicing certain meats, things like that. That just getting the right thing in the right way are still kind of evading you. But damn, you got a really nice pour on that ale. That looks really good. Like <laughs> your bartender skills are actually really good. <clears throat> yeah and as you toast to Gustak we will do do, do, do do over to the other 3 where uh, thanks to Bernie and Travancore doing a little bit of investigation work while Jonathan was hopping between planes you all have found a old acquaintance of Travancore's is doing work in Waterdeep uh, her name is Sharon Douglas she is a uh, she is a general practice lawyer but Travancore seems to remember that she has specialized in magical contracts and has worked with the Watchful Order before. So, uh, Jonathan, go ahead and give me a history check.
0: Okay. 17.
4: Okay. With a 17, you don't know the specific person. The name does not sound familiar. You You don't remember hearing about them. But you do know that the Watchful Order, on a very regular basis, uses... It's not that the contracts are magical; it's that they are contracts dealing with magical uh, services or items. Specifically, you do know that there's a regular contract that the Watchful Order has with the city of Waterdeep. This is why um, a lot of the people who are in the Watchful Order have to do time working, like a uh, one weekend a month, two weeks a year, with the watch with uh, Waterdeep. Helping defend the walls, helping to be around for a fire brigade, helping to basically defend the city. And that's the magical part of the contract. It's not that these contracts are magically binding. It is that they're dealing with either people who have magical powers that are offering their services or often the lending and or procuring of magical items, which would seem to be right up the alley of what you're talking about. So... It is a fairly indistinct building that you find. It is literally kind of an office building. It is two stories, uh, very square, very plain, with a sign out front that has four different offices in it for the four different rooms that you can see, kind of like you'd find in an office park. And you do find the room for uh, Sharon Douglas. Walking on in, it's a very dark interior, uh, literally, like there is no windows. It's the interior hallway of this, uh, what kind of is just this, these series of offices. And bottom floor back is her office, which all of you would kind of know, all of these are corner offices, essentially. The back might actually be considered a more prestigious place because that faces towards a little bit of a green area before there's some more buildings. So you think this might actually be one of the nicer offices in this fourplex. And you approach a door, a big heavy wooden door with a little plaque on it that says uh, Sharon Douglas, MDD.
3: Bernie just like looks at Travencore and she's like, she kind of like raises her arm and she's like, okay.
2: Travencore knocks on the door.
4: Uh, there's a pause and then you hear, oh, a minute, click, 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 click. And then three or four locks are unlocked and the door swings open. And before you is a a very modestly dressed human woman with very short black hair that's actually kind of pulled, even though it's super short, it's like just under her her ears, it's actually also pulled back as though she's intentionally put it behind her ears and then like clipped it so that it doesn't even fall in front of her ears. Uh, She's got olive skin and a very, as I said, conservative, almost like a pantsuit going on. But both of you, uh, all three of you notice that as she's opened the door, she's put her hand up on the the outside of the door and is kind of leaning out to take a look at all of you. And she's got very long fingernails painted very brightly. It's in this kind of pink color, almost white. It's such a light color of pink. And she regards the three of you very quickly. She gives a quick look to Shadow. She gives another quick look to Coco Snoot. And Travancore, since you're the one who knocked, you're kind of right there in front of everybody. So then she makes eyes with you and says, "Ah, what services are you looking for?"
2: I uh, count. I'm I'm going to assume the counselor is the proper address for an attorney in Feyrune, and I'm just going to go with that. And she can correct me if she wants. Uh, counselor Douglas, my name's Travancore. I don't know if you remember me or not. We met in uh at the wedding. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the bride and groom, but Travancore would know it, so he says their names.
4: Let me see if she remembers you. Hold on.
3: I mean, Bernie goes, you know the wedding where there was, like, a giant fight for a little while?
4: I was briefly upon a plant. I do remember that wedding, yes. She gives you a look, and Travancore roll an insight check.
2: Insight. Oh, seven.
4: Okay. With a seven, she locks eyes with you, and then as Bernie says, oh, the one with the f- the wedding with the fight... And her eyes widen a little bit in recognition. And so you think the f- she doesn't recognize you, but she recognizes the fight and then kind of recognizes you in general. Oh, yes. What a interesting wedding. I mean, I can say that because we all survived. So I guess interesting will be the way that I put that. What can I help you all with?
2: We are looking to, uh, to draft a, uh, a contract. It's going to involve the creation of an orchestra uh, involving certain magical instruments uh, that are highly prized, and the owners include uh, the Watchful Order of Magic Protectors and one chromatic dragon.
4: That's also interesting. I'm going to go with interesting because I don't know all the details, but the moment that you say chromatic dragon, that piques my interest why don't you come inside and then she glances down at coco Snoot and shadow and says unfortunately my office is not quite not quite large enough for your familiars are they okay with staying outside i can leave the door open or closed, whichever you'd prefer shadow are you okay if the doors closed travencore you tell me if shadow's okay with being
2: with the door being closed okay shadow whines a little bit and then he's like huffs is like fine he's not happy about it but he's gonna be okay with he's gonna deal with it
3: Bernie's going to smile a tiny bit, look at Coco Snoot, and go, stay. And then she's going to take the good treats out of her bag, and she's going to give a few to
4: Coco Snoot and give a few to Shadow.
2: Good boys get good treats.
4: Shadow, as always, with you, Bernie especially, while there is grumbling and complaining when uh, Travancore asks Shadow to stay outside the door, taking the treats involve the most careful of delicateness that a giant black bear can manage and you do not end up with any slobber on your hand although this is the first time that you've done this since shadow was changed and you very clearly feel the hot hot breath as he very delicately takes a trait out of your palm
3: bernie goes i don't know how we're gonna brush your teeth now and then she looks over at coco and says while i'm gone and she pointedly and looks at shadow and she goes a discussion about dignity, and then she walks into the office because <laughs> she's hoping that Kogo Snoop will inform Shadow that when there's company, you uh have to act a certain way, even when you don't want to. <laughs> All
4: right, the, the both of them sit down outside the door, and the three of you uh, walk in. Oh yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as explained, Counselor Douglas is correct. The office is. Tiny, it is a desk and a couple of shelves of bookshelves and a filing cabinet and one chair and while all of this is nice and well cared for and comfortable, and she's got a very nice window looking out onto the the green strip behind the office complex, nothing fancy, but at least it's you know not just looking out onto a sewer. She does kind of pointedly look at the, the one other chair that she has and says, I'm, I'm very sorry. I did actually have another chair. There are reasons I don't have another chair that I don't really feel like going into. And part of it is probably also wrapped up in a contract that I can't talk about. I would be under an NDA for that. So uh, my apologies for making some of you stand and then she moves behind the desk and sits down, pulls out a pad of paper, pulls out a couple of books that you're not quite sure of what they're there for and kind of sets them up and says, so give me some details.
3: Bernie's going to climb up onto the chair and stand on the chair and says, no one sits. And okay, <laughs> that way she figures she's equal. If she, she figures she's equal height so she can see everybody and that way whoever- It's, it's see- like
0: in Guardians of the Galaxy when Rocket is standing on a box- so you yeah. can be at eye level with yeah. everyone else. She's, she's it's fair. almost
4: like that, except the chair is. It's not that it's plush, but it's one of those. It's not vinyl. It's a leather-backed leather leather-bottomed chair with some cushioning in it. So when you stand on it, you do kind of do the 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 bouncy thing a little bit. It's not quite as. So she as, sits
3: on the arm of the chair after this happens a couple of times. She goes, "Okay, I guess I sit."
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does get you at height he- head at head height of everybody else.
2: Yep. Travancore's
4: happy to remain standing. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. As I said, I'm very sorry about the the chair issue. So, details?
2: All right, Travancore will relay that the instruments in question are in fact the Falatier instruments and she asks if she has any familiarity with them or heard of them.
4: Let's see. Let's find out. Oh. Uh, we can all drink cuz that is a natural 20. Oh my god. This
3: is a good beer. Cheers. Oh, Also, yes. I have a slice of rhubarb pie. oh nice. No, whiskey. I can't
2: say the thing I want to say because we don't talk about that show anymore.
3: bop a ree Yeah. You can acknowledge and also understand that it shaped your childhood and that you're still going to say be or a
2: No, I'm old. It shaped my adulthood. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, there are plenty of those things that, that that are now have an asterisk when we talk about them. We can all also just say that rhubarb pie is delicious. Yeah, if you mention the Folletier instruments, and her eyes light up, and she says, "Yes, actually, I am very." Uh, I'd known about them before I'd heard about what was going on with the instruments being collected by the Watchful Order, although I don't know all of the details, and I'm sure some of that is also under NDA, but I do know a bit, and it's a fascinating history for sure. So you are actually, are you one of the people who are taking care of the instruments? Are you musicians? Uh, I thought the Watchful Order was actually contracting the musicians themselves.
2: Uh, Traffic Corps will report that, um, well, we were actually charged by another party outside the Watson Order, the chromatic dragon in question, to, uh, to recover one of these instruments. And we have done so. And, uh, our Bernie, through a brilliant act of diplomacy, I'm a professional diplomat, so that's my, that's my day job, as, as you may remember. Masterfully came up with an arrangement where there will be, so, so that all the instruments can be played together, there will be a shared ownership orchestra, basically. And Bernie, you can correct me anytime you need to jump in at any time. But essentially, what will happen is that uh, the instruments, uh, the orchestra that will be playing these instruments, will be jointly operated by both the Watchful Order, the Matches Protectors, and Thontra Rec. And uh, that way, everything is sort of above the board. I think that the uh, Watchful Order, I believe, has the same musicians. That's, that's why we're here, basically. We're trying to figure out how this orchestra works, how is this, LLC, this partnership work is going to work, what are the legal challenges to it, how do we retain the original ownership rights of the parties in question while making sure the orchestra operates effectively and efficiently. Because I think that the Rack doesn't own all of the instruments.
0: He only owns one. Two. two. Which Two.
4: Well, there is the, the harp. He doesn't, as far as you know, he only owns the one. He owns the one that you have, because remember, part of the whole blackmail thing was he wanted the one that you you had already gotten, and was asking for that. And Jonathan had basically pr- convinced him that. I don't own this. This is the Watchful Order owns this, and so I can't give this to you. And if I give this to you, it's going to cause all kinds of problems. And that was when Thundercrack said, "Fine, you can go ahead and you can go do your your other business, but at some point I'm going to call on you to go to go do something for me." And then what it ended up being was getting another one of these instruments. So as far as you know, he doesn't own. The only one that he currently has any claim to is the Olam harp that you currently have in your possession. The other one that you had, that you gave, that that Bernie helped find while you were all in Avernus, he wanted, but you convinced him to not take for political reasons, and that's kind of what got the whole snowball rolling of you being in this mess of having to go do a favor for a blue dragon. Yeah. Oh right.
2: yeah. And so. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and Jonathan with his perfect memory is able to explain all of that in in generalities to not have to worry about Sharon needing to know all the details.
0: Right. And so John, and Jonathan Adgemasker goes on to explain, so we have an instrument, it belongs to a blue dragon who is willing to lend it to the watchful order for purposes of art. And part of the deal is that is that Dontervrack is a music lover. So he is contributing his possession to a venture that otherwise wouldn't exist.
3: We're going to have to find a venue that he can. We we don't have to worry about that, but we will be having to find a. Bernie's like thinking about how you put a dragon in box seats, and she's kind of cringing, realizing that maybe she didn't think
4: through all of her idea. You also know a lot of that's being taken care of the watch by the watchful order. That that's not necessarily on any of you. Also, yeah.
0: Thundertruck can go invisible.
4: Yeah, so, but he still has a fit in the building. I don't so, think he, he
0: can may not have himself. to. If it's an outdoor concert, we Yeah. So there may be ways to Dragons and Waterdeep do not mix. Absolutely. Yeah, not. that's true. But we may be able to either have it at, a venue, at an outdoor venue that is, out, that is just outside of Waterdeep with either Thauntorvrak in attendance via uh, stealth, or does Jonathan the Match know if, uh, and I guess tra- this would be in Travancore's uh, purview as well, do blue dragons, and especially blue dragons who have spellcasting abilities like Thauntorvrak, can they polymorph themselves for more than an hour?
4: Neither of you know for sure, especially with of Rack. Uh I'll say, Travancore, give me an, uh, give me an insight check.
2: Oh, cool. Here we go. Nineteen.
4: You know, from your extensive research on dragons and having them be one of your favorite enemies, and also learning a bit from Jonathan about the capabilities of some of the magic that you've seen Thantovrek do powerful stuff like like polymorph or being able to shape change is not necessarily something that is avail it's not necessarily something that you see any but the oldest of dragons doing but you've also encountered fontorac doing things well out of the ordinary in fact this whole situation that you are in is kind of out of the ordinary for dragons in general, not just chromatics, but, like, all of them. So you don't know, and there's no way to know at this point, but you wouldn't put it past him.
1: Hmm.
0: He might be able to show up to a concert in a concert hall anyway. Well, well,
4: that's good.
3: But, okay, um, what was my original? Perpetuity. That's the other thing that we have to figure out is he's going to live a very long time and we need something lasting nothing overly binding that he would eventually chafe against it but i think our main goals here are guaranteeing safe transition of the instrument back and forth guaranteeing good behavior during a concert and Finding a way to create something that creates a relationship between Thontor and the institution of the Watchful Order of Mages and Protectors. Or the institution of Waterdeep that centers around the use of these instruments for artistic purposes. And he might be a chromatic dragon. But fair and square, this harp is his. And we need to have a contract that ensures the institution of the Watchful Order of Magus Protectors doesn't just decide that they get to have it because they believe he's inherently evil and shouldn't have it and therefore causes a fight. He might be more evil than good. I
4: mean, here's the thing, he could have eaten me. He didn't. I will say that is a very low bar to set for evil. I'm I I am I am I am I am I am not an a, a, an accomplished um what do you like to call yourselves adventurers? Uh everyone kind of has their own nomenclature whatever you would prefer. I don't do that. Uh, certainly not. But I would like to think that um not being eaten is is a given. It's a bare minimum. Honestly. Do I need to include do not eat people in this contract?
3: Well, I want to find language that is
4: not incendiary.
3: A lovely mist of vague and specific, but what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that he's had every opportunity to. There have been a lot of opportunities where he could have just said fuck it and killed us, honestly. He didn't. He would have gotten what he wanted a lot earlier by killing us.
0: Or killing some of us.
3: Some of us. I just don't think... I also, we have to plan for the fact that...
0: What's
4: your boss's name again? With the pyramid. She's not my
0: boss. And her name is... Uh, her name is... DM help me.
4: Balanazada. Balanazada
0: Balana She is simply a the higher me- ranking member. She is simply a higher
2: ranking member of the order. Think hmm. of them like the the, the loyal order of the buffa- water buffalo lodge what? from the Funstones, oh, where gosh. they are a professional guild slash organization
0: that Jonathan is a part of. If you want to, if you want to know who I consider my boss, it's uh, Master Master Zick. Ah.
3: that makes sense actually. But also, Bernie goes, but me, and um, <laughs> so to be a little shit, she says.
0: At that, Jonathan the Magic Muscular taps the chair leg that you're sitting on in, and, <laughs> and destabilizes. Pretty like wobbled a little wobbles,
3: wobbles, wobbles, and wow.
0: Oh, geez, you got- gotta watch that. The wood is uh, you know, it's the only surviving chair of what was no doubt a mimic attack, so
4: mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Sharon is gonna take that uh interruption uh she's been listening she's been taking very diligent notes bernie you can see she's already filled up a page and a half of notes from where you're kind of on the chair so you have a an overview uh you can all see she's been taking notes but bernie's got this very good view she stops and staples her f- fingers together and looks at all of you and says normally in cases like this especially di- disputes over incredibly powerful magic items and perpetuity arguments like you have said I would suggest a lot of detail in this contract. However, that being said, I think we actually want to go in the other direction with this, especially because this is a legally binding contract. But unless you or someone you know is planning on putting any kind of magical spin on this, if we are simply... Agreeing and assuming that both parties are going to act in a responsible manner and abide by this contract, then it sounds like what you want is something as simple as possible, because anything getting more complex is just going to involve a lot of continual updates. Whereas what you're really asking for is a simple binding agreement and the hope that either the watchful order Or a Chromatic Dragon, don't say fuck it and just destroy each other.
3: Do I have this correct? Basically, can we put good behavior in the contract? Is there a way to ask that the contract be worded so that both parties promise to act in a way that puts the safety of the citizens of Waterdeep? No, because you can really
4: use... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can put any of that language in there. The problem becomes in most cases with contracts like this that once again are, are legally binding, but not magically binding. And I'm not suggesting that you get a magically binding contract because there's whole other uh, issues with that. But a legally binding contract, when you break the contract, there is both legal and financial recourse. However, both of these parties seem to be... The kind that if they break this contract are not going to care about being sued for damages because the damages will be ones that they have caused.
3: Yes, I think that's, that's fair. I just, yeah, I think vague is good. Mostly I just want to find a way so that Thontorvac is willing and able to work with whoever becomes the head of the Watchful Order a very long time down the road and that wh- whoever inherits that position understands that it's part of their responsibilities to work with him and not be antagonistic
4: clarity in perpetuity the generalities of what is expected in the short term as well as what will be expected in the long term without specifying long term considering the relative ages of those that could be involved i think that Is you're looking to be able to clarify the initial terms and the long term expectations without having to deal with all of the specifics that would normally be involved in a contract like this. But once again, if one of these parties decides to break the contract, lawyers are not going to be involved. People like you are going to be involved. Yeah.
2: And then Travancore's eyes light up when he hears that and he says, I would actually like that in the contract.
4: Do we get involved? As the
2: middle parties, or at least me, like, if there is a dispute in this contract, there needs to be a neutral third party that's able to to arbitrate this. And the one that they respect and the one that's powerful, traditional courts aren't suited to this law.
3: Are there if, international courts of law? If there either. is another party
2: that both they trust, that's fine. But I think it has to be one of us who resolves contracts, do suits with, with this contract. I think, though, Travencore, the the
0: problem would be your lifespan even though it's longer than mine it's limited i think yeah. i think if we were to specify maybe the office of the you your official title oh okay the viceroy the vic- basically no, you're, detail- you're not the viceroy anymore the ambassador right? general yeah the ambassador so- general maybe specify that it's the ambassador general of Bracanam who is the arbitrator that way if you are gone or otherwise indisposed as long as you're naming a successor and they name their successor again perpetuity well
3: yeah we need or
4: maybe that way in the the short term
0: it is most definitely you i
4: will say i did bring this up in the idea that if you were all going to be involved that there would be fights and destruction and fireballs but i do also like the idea of being named as an arbitrator in the case that arbitration before the fireballs would be useful
3: What about a general neutral third party arbitrator?
4: We can say that, but in most legally binding contracts, when we're doing a third party that isn't specifically named, then we are usually specifying that's one that is agreed on by the two parties, a agreed upon neutral third party, which we can just say, but if you are looking for it to be specifically one of you or or someone more specific, that must be in the contract.
0: What if, Travancore, what if we did this? We've never talked about this before. We, are, as of right now, the members of the Heralds of Greenest are, are us and Carlton and uh, Shadow and Bucks and Coco Snoot. No one ever said that we have to ever be the only members of the Heralds of Greenest. I'm not going to live nearly as long as, as you guys. And the Heralds should have a powerful, Arcanist, amongst them. When I die, I would hope that you guys would find a replacement for me. I know, no, no, but uh, <laughs> oh, I know, Bernie. But oh. listen, we we're all going to make our mark, right? And what if the heralds of Greenest continues afterwards as an organization? We bring in maybe a good friend, uh, a valued... We don't, we don't make this like everyone is going to be a herald, but we've run into some pretty powerful people who maybe would want to take on that mantle. I know, uh, and this is a bad example because I think she's done with her adventuring days, but we may need extra Druidic help one day. Penelope the Brave might... Choose to be a Herald of Greenest. Soria, you know, if we ever need musical help, she could be a Herald of Greenest. It doesn't just have to be us. And if we were named as the third party, there would be someone to carry on that line. We would just need to make a commitment to continue after one or more of us are gone.
4: The Counselor Douglas does speak up and say... That would be an excellent idea in the same way that we're going to be naming the Watchful Order of Magists Protectors and not a specific person at that institution.
0: But this is, this is maybe something that we need to talk about more because there is the consideration that the Heralds of Greenness are special. There will no, be no more Heralds of Greenness after we're done. We disband when that day comes and then there's no more.
3: I, here's the thing. I don't know. This is a perpetuity thing. The continued existence of the Office of the Heralds of Greenest is entirely dependent on our choices. And I would never want one of us to have to choose between something that happens in their life that is unexpectedly good and maintaining this group because we decided we had to to arbitrate. I will say that it is a higher likelihood that the ambassador general of burcanum will continue to exist in some form and that a the government of a of a nation state will be better situated to guarantee its perpetuity and now i mean i understand that governments change and that you know well sometimes States cease to exist. And that's the reality of a future influx. But in terms of stability, and we can't make that decision without Carlton. Right. So I think uh, I think the better, the better choice right now is an arbitrator in a position where we know that that position will continue and that the position continuing isn't dependent. One day we might be tired of fighting.
0: Just look at it this way, Travancore. You, when you find a replacement as the Ambassador General of Burkanum, you get to drop this little secret nugget on them. By the way, your job has an extra caveat that I'm going to tell you right now.
4: This is like when you join uh, the, the United States government and everybody hopes that at some point, they're, you know, oh, you've become the president. All right. Sit down. Now we're going to yeah. tell you about aliens. Step <laughs> one, cast the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. Step two, protect the space-time
1: continuum.
3: When in out. reality, it's just a list of people. They're like, this person's an asshole. Good luck. <laughs>
4: We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into one single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and Faerun's lore. Every week there's something new happening, and the game is available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on July 18th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. Q-O-P-H-R-E-C-K-Y-U-A-N So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show.
2: We can build in verbiage in the contract that says if both parties agree on another arbiter, they can pick somebody. But it's hard for me to think that, like, that both sides would agree on anyone other than, than us. And at some point in the future, if they decide they don't want the government perconum like, involved in this, they are free to if they can come on the same page, which is unlikely. I would love a contract that minimizes opportunities for chicanery. I think both sides will make plays Wait, for the Is it
4: chicanery or chicanery? Chicanery. I thought it was chicanery. Both Lauren oh. and Sharon Douglas says. Okay. Continue.
2: <laughs> that might be Travancore's accent. Who knows? <laughs> I, no,
4: I've literally, Lauren, Lauren here. I've heard chicanery, but, you know, I'm not going to. If I heard chicanery, I wouldn't.
2: It's one of those words, if you don't see it, like, heard it said. Mm. Like, it's like, like. keto and keto. Yeah.
4: Yep. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> how, continue, is that, how is that pronounced,
2: actually, before we I'm continue? I'm p-
4: still pretty sure it's keto. Is it keto? <laughs> but okay. once again, if I heard someone say keto. Because it's ketoacidosis. It's, yeah.
2: Right. Okay.
4: <laughs> Sharon will say. I think I can do all of this. I can write it all up. I can have that ready by tomorrow. This is all actually pretty standard, except for who the parties are involved, of course. But the actual... The specifics are nothing outside of the realm of what I've had to do before for multiple very powerful parties. This is the first time I will be including a blue dragon in my contracts. How do you spell that again? Thun Thon... What was, was his name? Thon-, thon
0: Tor Vrak. And he... Jonathan the Ventimuscular with Perfect Clarity uh, spells it out in both the common and draconic tongues. Which
4: Jonathan, if you spell Thontor of Wreck correctly for me right now, I'll give you advantage on your next roll. Okay,
0: hang on. I, I, I'm, all right, let me, let me type it out.
4: Okay. Sound it out.
0: Okay. All right. So I'm putting it in the chat, but I'm, for the, for the listeners at home, this is what I've come up with.
4: And, and, and I'm also, I'm going to have it ready in the chat. Here, I'm going to, oh, here's no. what I'm going to do. I'm going to send it to <laughs> oh, no. Jack.
0: It's okay. T-H-A-U-N-T-O-R-V-R-A-K.
2: Country of origin. Can you use it as a sentence?
4: You are really, really close. What did I miss? Is it is You, it you the added U? a U. You added
2: the U, okay. You added yeah. the U. The, the A-U rest- should be an O. Basically, yeah.
4: T a it's it. At which I could totally see. Wait, um, so wait th- Lauren, spell it. Uh Here, I'll put it. I'll put it in chat. So the for our listeners at home, it is T H O N T O R V R A K. Brain, i very Yeah,
0: I I thought the gotcha was the was the vrak because I've been listening to a lot of our shows and a lot of us forget the vrak. It's that hidden R. We say that. Yeah. Uh but okay, I thought but you got really I, close. I, thought of, I could have sworn that it was AU, but okay, that's fine.
4: It's yeah, you were thinking in Draconic and that's you Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah the, the, the upper sword coast draconic, not necessarily <laughs> the uh
2: the Thaian uh, draconic variant. I was going to say with transliteration, there sometimes are no wrong answers. If you choose one or other. like if you look at translated Malayalam, there's three or four different standards of it. So certain words that I read, like, I can't read standard Malayalam because, you know, I read mean, some words, letters or whatever, but like whenever, everything I read in Malayalam is basically transliterated, which means it's in Roman script mm. and there's no universal standard for it. So sometimes it'll be like Nyan N-Y-A-N, which means I, and then Nyan, which is N-J-A-N, which is I. So depends on who's doing the transliterating basically.
4: Hebrew is Fine. the same way. Hebrew and yeah, Yiddish are say. exactly <laughs> the same way. That's why you will see three or four different ways of spelling Hanukkah. All of them are right because it's it, it involves letters that you don't normally find in the Roman alphabet. But, you know, I'm not going to be able to say happy Hanukkah to people in Hebrew in Twitter easily. At least mm. I can't.
2: Unless you write it in the original Hebrew, Bobby, and paste it from there.
4: Also, I would have to go from right to left. And who, uh, who's who got time for going backwards? Sorry. One little no. goat
3: has time for going backwards, Lauren. That's who. I know. I know. <laughs> uh,
4: so Sharon has made <laughs> well, a whole bunch of- Shout out to everybody who, who sings Passover song. That one was <laughs> for you. <laughs> cheers. Cheers and mazel tov unto you. Counselor Douglas has taken all of these notes. Jonathan, you are a member of the Watchful Order? Yes. Her smile gets huge and she says, So I could just bill them for these hours for this contract? Yes.
3: Awesome. <laughs> I,
0: I don't see why not.
3: I was literally asked, about to ask you, your, I was like, was going to end this conversation with, What are your billing hours? Because we did not ask up front. and that It's was fine. Like-
4: don't ask me. You
0: you've worked with the watchful order before, I'm sure even if they don't have you on retainer, they you have a billing code, so
4: Absolutely. I, I
2: I would ask with one caveat. If you are gonna bill them, we should reserve any changes to the verbiage of this contract to the people in this room and our colleague Carlton Tanks. Just because I would imagine if Antrafact found out that this was drafted by an attorney that was paid by the watchful order, like that could be a problem.
4: Could you bill the state of Percona? I can. I've never done it before, and it would take a lot longer to get a PO out to them. Plus, since I haven't worked with them before, I would have to give them my rates and I would have to get approval for those rates, whereas if I just bill the watchful order, I know that Razzo will just pay it.
0: And and that's fine. We 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 oversaw this contract. This contract was created with our standards, and I feel like Jonathan, the must feel like that everyone here is we're all acting in good faith. That's why that's why we're doing this.
4: And until it is signed by both parties, it is not binding for either of those parties. So if this Mr. Thontorvrak has a problem with what you have drafted, he does not have to sign it and is not bound by any of it. Of course, sure. also, he could burn it with his fire breath. And there you go. Lightning breath.
2: Wow. I always thought his last name was Riverhopper and not Rubber Stamp. You both begin with Rs and her her invoice. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.
4: (laughs) And my desk is clear again. Razo contains multitudes. (laughs) Exactly. He is he is the person who takes care of all of the important things at the Watchful Order. So yeah, Sharon Douglas, is. she has finished taking all the notes, and she says, I can have a draft of this ready for your approv- approval by tomorrow, and if that looks good, then you can show it to all of the the relevant parties and go from there.
2: Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Counselor, appreciate it.
4: My pleasure. I can now add to my resume that I have now made a contract for a dragon. Yes. But we should hold off on that until he signs it. That's a different qualification. I've still made the contract for a dragon. Whether he signs it or not just means that I can say that it was an accepted and signed sealed contract for him. Plus, I will be keeping a copy in my office since that is something that uh, I should have on file, any of these contracts. Obviously, under NDA, very secretive, not going to have to worry about it. This is a a very secure office. But certainly, having that under my purview is a feather in my cap. And she smiles. Now, if you excuse me, I have a lot of research to do about perpetuity to make sure that I have the correct language to keep everything simple.
2: Certainly. Good day. Thank you. As we're
0: leaving, Jonathan is going to go to Bernie. So she referred to Thontorfrak as Mr. Thontorfrak. Would it be weird if he was Dr. Thontorfrak?
3: Do you think he has a PhD?
0: Maybe. We or never asked. We didn't. We never asked. Although, Doctor Vrack is the kind of asshole who would insist that we refer to him as Doctor if he had a PhD. Or perhaps he gave himself a royal title,
1: like hey, Grand Zong. He worked hard for that degree. <laughs> he deserves to be called Doctor. His thesis was,
0: was, was just as good as anyone else's. It was insightful, and it was educational, and he worked his, his, his giant tail off on it.
2: He defended it? With fire. <laughs> he
0: defended it with <laughs>
2: <laughs> with lightning breath and a couple of spells.
3: Mm. Lots of people died for his... He could just be a master Thontorvac. Who?
4: Or a Thontorvac.
2: What is
0: that
4: term in where you do everything except your doc, your doctoral thesis? There's a term for that. Mixture? No,
3: it's like when you do like all the work and then you don't do your thesis, right?
2: I know they call the degree before a doctorate a licentiate. I don't know if that's applicable here or a candidate Maybe, if, no, they're, no. if they're defending.
3: I don't know. But... I'm to ask
2: my sister this. She's a DMD PhD. She would know. <laughs> I feel like if
0: he was, though, Thontor of Rec Esquire, then we wouldn't find out about that until he got the contract and then came back with, like, with equally devastating legalese and lightning. Oh, puts on, like... Devastating
2: bifocals, where he reviews the contract. <laughs> if <Bifocals. laughs> okay, he bifocals, we are
4: fucked. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. It, I think it could be both. It could be both cool <laughs> and you're fucked. Also, I have looked it up. It is ABD, all the dissertation, which means you have done everything responsible for getting a, a research doctorate in the United States except write and defend your dissertation.
0: So That's what is Devin that has. actually uh something you can put after your name or is it just a term It's just
4: a term uh, Okay you I think call it's Uh, The use of ABD or similar Ph.D. for Ph.D. candidate as a credential has been criticized as potentially misleading by some writers as a term uh, as the terms are not widely understood outside of academia. So Mm. it is it is an official term that you can use. But even academia people understand this is so inside baseball that people are not going to understand what the hell it is. So right. Mm. Also, it's sense.
3: like if you were an average Joe looking at a resume, and what you're gonna see is like not, oh, I've done everything, but a dissertation. It's gonna be like, oh, you didn't finish. Like,
0: yeah. yeah. Listen, I passed quantum mechanics. All right, I'm pretty happy about that. Well, you
2: know what to do if you fall down potential well.
4: Well, and that's that's also why uh, Jonathan is a wizard. <laughs> He's qua- past oh, quantum wait, mechanics. Wait, wait till never you, wait
2: you see well. what uh
0: what I got cooked up next. I I've had some thoughts that we'll talk about.
4: Well, before we get to those thoughts, you all give Sharon your the information that you're staying at the Golden Rock Tavern, so that she can contact you when she's done and deliver the the final ish contract to you that you can then. Do whatever you, you do with. She escorts you out, which of course takes all of five seconds because her office is very small. And you do find Coco Snoot and Shadow both snoozing outside of the door, on both sides of the door, curled up like, in a weird way, kind of like cats, but giant armored fire bear on the left side, still very impressive, but way smaller, mastiff curled up on the other, like two very strange sculptures, both of them groggily come to attention as you are exiting um Sharon shakes all of your hands and thanks you for your time and such a fascinating story and promises to contact you tomorrow when she is finished and you are done with her was there anything else you wanted to do throughout the day because at this point it's still only kind of late morning
0: well I think that we should contact both uh Belana Zadok I can handle that. Uh and then we also contact Dauntor and maybe set up a meeting in three days. Two days? Three days?
3: Three days. I let's give it three because I don't know how long the contract's gonna take to get written up.
4: Uh, well, she yeah, said tomorrow. she'd get it to you by tomorrow, so
3: two days then. Two days is good.
4: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll
0: and it's just we'll meet just outside of Waterdeep, I figure. Uh it shouldn't be too hard for us to teleport there and if we, if we wanted to do Red Larch again, teleportation is fine. It's, it's far away, but it's neutral ground.
3: That's true. It's already damaged. Yeah. Yeah, I can. You know what? I'm going to see. I'm going to walk back slowly to the tavern and see what Carlton is serving for lunch. And after lunch, I'm going to call
4: back Okay and ask about his PhD. I'm so glad you grabbed that book because I'm literally about to ask. Do you need an extra moment for me to ask what you're making for lunch, Carlton?
1: Uh, yes. Give me one moment. I actually. Where I and, like... and Jonathan is going to be like,
0: and I'll after lunch, I'll go ahead and walk over to the uh, to the Watchful Order and uh, let them know what's happening. I think it's good that we're driving this and we can say this is what's happening. So let's go ahead and get on board, and then we have the extra day to. Soothe any ruffled feathers or twist any arms that we need to and uh, to get this done because it's in everyone's best interest. And once again, as we're walking up, Jonathan, the Magmuscular is going to put on put his hand on uh, on Bernice's back and say, we got this. It'll be good.
1: All right, Lauren, before I before we know what's for lunch, do we have beef on hand? Oh, yeah. I'm assuming we have salt and pepper, yellow onions. Oh, sure. Dried thyme. Yeah. Brown ginger. Yeah. Sparkling hard cider, preferably pear.
4: Go ahead and roll uh, percentile dice. And if you get over a. You will have sparkling hard cider. If you get over a 50, you do have it in pear.
1: 20. So we do not have it in pear, but we do have hard cider. You do have hard cider. Yep. Uh, It's not going to
0: impair the recipe. uh,
4: uh, Take 10 uh, points of psychic. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming we have flour,
1: cider vinegar, and actual pears.
4: Give me another percentile
0: dice. It's power word pun.
4: Power word pear.
0: Power word pun. It's only a six-level spell. It doesn't do that
1: much 87. damage.
4: You do have pears.
1: All right, great. We have everything on hand to make Amphail braised beef.
4: Uh, Gaston Ooh. is going to grumble for a brief moment because he was planning on using the pears as part of a salad, but he agrees that that, that does actually sound really good.
1: It's It reminded me of home, you know... Uh, Ma and Pa used to make this out at the ranch all the time uh, and I rifled around, found the old little crumpled up scrap of uh, Ma's uh, recipes uh, also known as Heroes Feast the official D&D cookbook nice. uh,
3: <laughs> Can I right. ask a gross question? Sure. It's Amphail so would it be braised beef or braised horse?
1: No, we we don't eat our horses, we care for our horses mm-hmm. I know, but
3: you can have both, you can love a cow and then know it's delicious
1: I don't want to eat a horse of course <laughs>
3: Look, I'm just saying, culturally, the idea that you don't eat horses is actually quite new in the the realm of human existence.
4: And very Western.
3: And very, very Western. And it is not for a very long time, eating a a horse was not actually for anyone in um, contrast or opposition, that's the word I'm looking for, in opposition to caring for it. So just saying.
4: In my version of Faerun, oh, yeah. You would eat a horse. Uh, It would be a last resort for most people unless it was an older horse because horses provide transportation and and other benefits. Carlton, the reason that you've balked at this idea is culturally in Amphil because that is specifically about rich people raising and racing horses. The horses are seen more like pets and prizes than... Transportation and food sources. So you've grown up in a place in where in a place in where the status of a horse has a unique place in society. And so neither of you are wrong. But Carlton, you have learned that people do eat horse. And so when Bernie mentions, oh, is this... Oh, no,
3: this is Julia just wondering. Sorry. Oh, this is- okay. you get- but I like the idea that Carlton has these thoughts culturally. This is the explanation I wanted, so...
4: Bernie doesn't <laughs> actually eat- going to try to make this... I'll say Gostock says it then. If Bernie doesn't want to, the Gostock is just like, well, you don't make that with a horse? I mean, you got plenty of them in Anfield, come on. Uh, th-
1: th- no, we don't eat our horses. Our horses... Fish are friends, not food.
4: No, fish are food. They're definitely food. <laughs> I've never been friends with a fish.
0: Poor Abraham. You know what one of the best things about being a fire wizard is? You can cook your own fish in your hand. It's fantastic.
4: That's one of the best things? I would think it would be, like, just fire, but uh,
0: who knows? I mean, (laughs) Jonathan the sees has cooked way more fish than people. Thankfully.
3: You know what? I have decided Bernie's present for this. I thought we were all walking back while this was happening. But Bernie looks up at Jonathan and she goes, You've cooked people?
2: Yeah, I guess when he kills them with the fireballs, so have you.
3: You know, cooking sort of implies an intent to eat. Doesn't I'm going to tell you something? Yes, a hundred, a hundred percent. There is an implied the act of cooking is lighting something on fire in order to make it into a food item someone's <laughs> gonna nitpick that i don't care um uh,
0: i have never uh, jonathan the magic muscular is gonna nitpick it it's a it's a turn of phrase it's part of the common vernacular especially among uh evokers
3: you know not among the um disciples of bay we don't go in for cannibalism
0: well we don't either but <laughs> this
4: is the conversation that you have as you come walking on in uh carlton as you are finishing up making this, uh, what was it, Amphail braised beef? You said. Yes, Amphail be braised beef. Okay, I would like one final check from you, and so I, what I want is, you know what? Give me a history check because you're trying to make a dish that you remember. Nine.
0: <laughs> These digital dice are bloated. I, I, I was looking to see if I uh, uh, to see if I had a quick buff. But then I remembered, I'm a blasty wizard, not a buffy wizard.
4: Nope. Carlton puts in front of you a very well-cooked piece of meat and some accoutrement. If I will let the three of you decide whether any of you know what Amphil braised beef is, this is not it in any way, shape, or form. The pears seem to just be decorative, but they're pears and they're lovely. And I will say the meat is well-cooked. Nothing is, like, going to make you sick. Is it well cooked? Is that why? (laughs) It is. I think maybe Carlton got distracted by the idea of Gestak mentioning that it could be horse that he's using and it it got cooked maybe a little too long. And so it's not so much braised as just it's a nice piece of meat cooked. It's what he puts in front of you is fine.
3: Bernie's going to eat it because she loves Carlton and she wants to encourage him and she knows that when she was trying new things, her parents would always put her shit on the Faerun equivalent of a fridge. And it's also important that her, her friend knows that she believes in him. So she's going to eat... All of her portion, and I believe it probably tastes good because she doesn't know what it's supposed to taste like. So she likes it because she likes beef and pears, and she says this. And she genuinely believes it's really fucking good because it's a well cooked piece of meat, and there's pears, and that sounds yummy. So Bernie's gonna eat it. And she's I like the beef and pears.
0: Jonathan the muscular also enjoys it. He uh, it was mentioned that, and I uh, probably it was made by uh, the Eagle Shields while we were there. So while this is not a exact replication of what was served to him then, it's close enough to where
2: it reminds him of that meal
0: and thus good things.
2: In preparation for coming to uh, to the, to Faerun and the Sword Coast and all that, Travancore did sample a number of dishes. Um, I want to roll a dice to see whether one of them was uh, braised beef. Let's say maybe oh the challenge level I just rolled like to see if I think like ten or more it would be. Uh... Yeah, roll a d20,
4: it. and if you get double digits, it's something that you've you've tried before.
2: I've never had this before. This is amazing. I got a seven.
4: There you go.
2: Like, this is for Travacore. Everything's new and novel. And uh, Travacore knows what he likes. He knows, likes the braise of the brief. He likes the sweetness of the pears. Um, he will suggest to Carlton that there might be some peppers and seasonings he can use that'll really amplify the flavor of the braised beef, and pear will complement well with the sweetness. This is for his own culinary experience.
3: Bernie's just gonna look up and say, Gorgonzola!
4: <laughs> and he's gonna point at Carlton.
2: Or... Goat cheese. Goat cheese really elevate the dish. Okay.
4: Your friends your friends are genuinely enjoying your meal. You know Woo. not your best, but eh, they seem to enjoy it. Is there anything else you would like to do this afternoon or Bernie is at this point you're gonna do your sending? Oh Bernie's gonna do the sending. As you are finishing up your beef and pears, as you are enjoying kind of a, a relaxed afternoon as Carlton is taking a break from from his cooking duties and sits at the table. What do you send to thunder Rack? All
3: right. I have how many characters?
4: 25 words.
3: 25 words. Okay. Is it okay if I pull up a Word document? That's You fine. guys can discuss that this is... It's fine just y'all y'all uh it's time for sh- talk some shit while bernie does something <laughs> well
4: let me ask uh she's for the rest of you she is going to cast this sending, and assumably the idea is to meet up with on in two days what would the rest of you like to do over those other days assuming that jonathan's going to be able to teleport you directly to wherever the meeting place is
2: Travancore wants to do three things. One, he's gonna v- follow up with Olivia. He hasn't seen her in a little while. He'll say hi, schedule some tea with her, just to catch up. Two, he's gonna check his beard. And three, if they open up the uh, pocket house, he's gonna check- inspect the rounds. because those are the things that Travancore does. Okay,
4: well, let's do the beard inspection now, and the other two we can do at a at a slightly later date. Go ahead and give me a investigation check.
2: Detective Travancore investigates his own hubris, arrogance. I don't know his face.
4: You're doing the moment where it's the end of a meal, and you're you've wiped off your face with the napkin, and now you've pulled out the the mirror ostensibly to make sure that you don't have any food in your teeth. What what you're really doing is examining the beard.
2: Oh, natural twenty. Because Did you nice. really? Yeah.
4: Travancore, <laughs> yeah. what would you like your beard to look like?
2: Okay, I think I kind of want it to be like like inspired by the Van Dyke, but also a full face beard, not just the the goatee part. So it comes to like a a just so subtle point, not so pointy to be goofy, but just the suggestion of a point. And definitely he's got that gray that he's rocking uh, towards the front of his face. Uh, There's no helping that. That's his human heritage showing. It is what, immaculately groomed and maintained. Uh, Travancore puts time and effort into his appearance, not necessarily because he's vain, because he understands it's an extension of his authority, and his uh, his utility as a noble is only insofar as his nails are take, probably take care of his face, his facial hair, his hair. He's a wild person, but he takes the time to really work on those things, and he has a pomade, a, a supply of pomade that he has from home, specifically for his hair.
4: And you, you drop the mirror, and all of you notice that Damn, Travancore's beard and mustache are looking quite nice until Shadow walks up and goes, <laughs> 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 and then it takes you a moment to kind of put everything back into, into place after he's licked you across the face. But uh, with a natural 20, I will say that you're able to just fix, 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 x fix, and it's, it's back to normal luster. Jonathan, what would you like to try to get done over the next couple of days while you are before you go off to go talk to Thunder of
0: Well, Jonathan the Muscular is going to secure Zalana Braddock's uh, compliance with this uh, with this contract. If necessary, he'll walk into that office with uh, Master Zick as well. He's pretty sure that Master Zick would see the the wisdom in this. Uh, so if he needs backup, he's definitely going to go there. Does he feel
4: like he needs backup? Are you asking me, or are you asking yes. yourself?
0: I'm asking uh, if, if at this moment with Jonathan the uh relationship with uh, Zadana Belloc, it, it, does he feel like he needs an, an adult in the room? You are an adult. Shush! <laughs> this is an extension of my own <laughs> uh, not feeling like an adult most of the time.
3: Oh, you need a more adult adult.
0: Right.
4: Okay. Yeah, I feel that. So I'll start by saying. If you would like to decide for yourself how Jonathan feels about this, it's 100% fine. If you would like some dice help, roll an insight check. But if you, before you I... roll the dice, if you have a a I will accept whatever Jonathan the Muscular is feeling about this moment, or wants to feel about this moment.
0: Uh, we're going to insight to the tune
4: of 19. Okay, with a 19... You recognize your discomfort is, you have that moment of uh, maybe I need another adult in the room and having the backup of Master Zik and blah, blah, blah. And then that, no, that's not why you're feeling weird about this. Balana Zadok doesn't put you off because of her being a higher ranking member or needing another adult in the room or your own insecurities. You've all mentioned that you are suspicious of her and that that's what makes you wary so this if you would like master Zick there you now recognize this isn't about maturity you feel confident in yourself this is about having someone else there for a second opinion about a gut feeling
0: this is for accountability okay all right so the first thing after lunch after the the wonderful uh uh, braised beef we're going to go over to the watchful order and the first place that jonathan the medramuscular is going to go after saying uh, uh hi to razo is finding master zik
4: all right and uh carlton are you going to spend the rest of the day with gestak kind of finishing off your some of your training for the day
1: yeah, I mean, when the crew comes over for lunch, I'll you know check in with them, see how negotiations went, and then realize it wasn't really negotiations more than just contract overview. Uh, <laughs> and then if they don't need me for anything, then I'm going to continue whipping up them some dinner. All right.
4: I would like one more round, then, of some checks from you. I would like another performance, sleight of hand, and investigation check. I'm going to give you advantage on the performance check because you've uh, already made one meal today.
1: All right. Uh, So for the performance, really? I rolled a three on both of them. Oh, Oh. son of a. So four. Oh, no. Uh, Slide of hand? Slide of hand uh, will be a soft 20, and investigation uh, will be 14.
4: Nice. Your final meal of the day, whatever you decide it to be, is in a weird way the exact opposite of your beef and pear combo. Your your beef and pears, you were so focused on what you remember the meal being that you basically were trying to create it visually and didn't really master the actual food. But a little more work with Gustav and a little more training. The food you make at dinner, not very appetizing looking. Like, it's kind of a mess. But you focus, you, you move your focus from presentation to actual craft, to actually something that tastes good, which is kind of what you did at first. Like the first meal you made for the for your three friends, if you remember, that's exactly what you did. You created something that, was, that looked kind of eh, but was delicious. And you've done it again. Once again, your presentation, not so good. But here at the Golden Rock Tavern, the people that are coming in are not fancy. And once they put that fir- first forkful in their mouth, that's all that matters. All that matters to them is that it tastes good. And so while you still need to work on your presentation a little bit just so that your not everything looks like mac and cheese, but it tastes so good. So I'm going to say at this point, you now have proficiency with cooking utensils. All right. And Bernie, what would you like to do over the next couple of days? And what would your sending like to be?
3: So before I send my sending, we are planning on the order being there, right? That's the whole thing. Okay. That's all I need to know. Um, What is Bernie going to do for the next couple of days? Sorry, I spent all this time making sure my sending was right.
4: That's okay. Uh, if you if you want to hold off on answering that until later, we can do the sending and then you can answer that the next time.
3: Yeah, I'll answer that next time. I'll figure out what Bernie does. Bernie is going to get out the sending stone and she's going to call up Santor You do not
4: say, have the sending stone anymore, remember? We we
3: oh, traded it to oh, the yeah. other dragon. yeah, Bernie. Yeah, well, I knew that. So Bernie actually has sending, doesn't she? She's gonna use a spell, which is probably good. So she's gonna cast sending <laughs> to Thantrobac, and she has like a ringtone on her sending that is a way. <laughs> this is just my this is my head Bernie knows that Jonathan always casts the sending, mm-hmm. and so I in my head you should be able to send ringtones. So it's like hi, it's Bernie. I'm not Jonathan. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She just is like, it's kind of like a reverse, like voicemail message. That way, anytime you cast sending to someone, you don't have to use your 25 words
4: (laughs) to tell them it's you. (laughs) Which I will, I will accept because the spell also says that the person getting the sending recognizes you as the sender. So.
3: Exactly. Which is why there has to be something there. And so she's recorded a new ringtone, but she got through with that part of it and she didn't know what else. And so she just claps her and she goes, ah. and then she goes, and it's like that big breath. She goes, can you meet in two days to get the harp in fail? The order will join us to, or the order will join to talk concert logistics. Do you have a PhD?
4: It's 25 words exactly.
1: <laughs> you send off the sending. That's a very Bernie sending.
4: <laughs> I, I love asking people to do sendings. Everybody has their own way of doing it. So, Bernie, you, you cast the spell and you send sending. You don't get an answer right away. And as you're waiting, Travancore kind of talks about wanting to go visit Olivia Passerac and checks his beard. And Jonathan Bernie talks watches it,
3: him, checks his beard. And she goes, I'm not vi- joining you for that booty
4: call. <laughs> uh, Jonathan uh, talks about going to talk to uh, B'Elanna Zadok and getting that part of it done. Carlton is mulling over what he's going to make for dinner. And it's like a good test. Ten minutes later, when Thontorvrak, the blue dragon, that familiar voice enters your mind. Does he have a ringtone? He does not, but you know it's him. He just uses the spell. He's very analogue. <laughs> He's very straight and to the point. Yeah. Which is interesting, because you do know he's a lover of music, so you would think he would have these awesome ringtones. But no, you just you just all of a sudden sit straight as the voice enters your brain and says, Amphail, why must we go out there?
3: Wait, shit, was it Amphail that we're going to? Red Larch, I thought. I'm sorry, Larch. I really... It's okay. Everybody talked about, can we? S-? You <laughs> Sorry, can, you I can... really intended to be red large. I just didn't. <laughs> it- you were just like fail beef. And I was like, Amphail. And then I was like, how do you spell Amphail? Is it am fail? Because that's how I
4: spelled it. The Sorry. Good, I re- <laughs> the good news is it doesn't matter because the next thing that Thontor says is, I don't want to make that trip just to meet me in two days where we first talked about going to the Plain of Water. And you remember you met him. It was about a day's travel outside of Waterdeep. There was an old town that had been destroyed in uh it was a mining accident that you met by a destroyed windmill, and that's where you had made the arrangements of he gave you the he gave you the tuning fork and told you what he wanted you to do.
3: I would have to use another sending
4: to do this, right? Uh, if you want to talk to him again, yes, but his, his response is basically, I don't want to go all the way out there. Let's meet in two days at this place right outside of town.
3: Okay, so Bernie's going to use another sending
4: because what the fuck else is she doing today? I've been in this exact position. Orkira's had to use four sendings in a row to get off a, a message, so yeah.
3: And she's going to send... The ringtone, obviously, because she doesn't use sending a lot, so she assumes you have to send it every time. And it's gonna be like, Hey, it's Bernie, but not Jonathan. Please pick up for my sending. Don't ignore me. This isn't a booty call. And
0: um <laughs> Very important to to discern.
3: <laughs> and now everyone knows why I'm not a professional singer. Though <laughs> <laughs> so I did try to make that Bernie's voice, so uh so it's, it's Honestly, that sounds far less exhausting, so that works for us. Is there graduate school for dragons?
4: And in this case, <laughs> you get a response immediately, and he says, "Ask me again when you show up with the instrument, and we can have a discussion about my higher education." Oh, Bernie's gonna shit. use one
3: more sending. She goes, and she's gonna say, "This sounds great. I never got to go to college." <laughs>
4: And, <laughs> and you will get a but response it's a, back. It's the same ringtone. And you will get a response back from Thunderwrack that says, "Well, if there's anything you would like to know, I'd be more than happy to instruct you." But
3: Final sending, and she says, "I'll make a list." <laughs> <laughs> i've got spells lots to burn bernie is gonna be really hungry for dinner
4: <laughs> the funny thing about this is it, somewhere as the camera pulls back <laughs> as you have cast all these sendings and bernie is like effervescent and excited it the camera zooms across faerun to wherever it is the thunder rack is at this moment and you hear oh <laughs> And he, he sends this last message and gets kind of this giggly response, and you see him roll his eyes. I have to practice my intimidation a little bit more. I was planning <laughs> on that being very scary, and apparently it was just giggly. Hmm. And with that, we'll pause. And the next time we get together, I'm going to say it will be two days from now uh we'll touch on the stuff that all of you want to do over the next two days uh talking to olivia Passerac, checking in with people and everything but when we start next time it will be on the way or teleporting because you know where it is jonathan knows where it is uh to meet up with Antwervrak. the town of larlet yeah oh very good uh, i will give you I advantage just... for that note taking there you go
3: I just realized that Thontor was trying to imply that he was actually very close to Waterdeep, which should make us very scared. But Bernie just had forgotten that we were trying to go to Redlarge and not Amphil. And she's like, oh, thank God, I don't have to go to Amphil. That's really far.
4: All right, let me give you some experience for for this episode for Carlton getting his cooking on.
0: Congrats on the new skill! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I, you needed you needed two out of three successes, and that third one was what you got was was got you there. For Jonathan having a, a wallet ended up not being the answer that you went with. That moment of thinking about the heralds of greenest in perpetuity. Whether or not, since that's not what you went with with the contract, but that conversation I thought was very heartfelt and I really enjoyed that. For aren't all omelets made of dead bodies? <laughs> and for the idea that you should probably get pay- do a job that you're going to get paid for in a way that actually includes monetary compensation and not, you know, other things.
3: Not, not, basically you should get paid and not be threatened with death.
0: No blackmail, no more exposure.
2: Hard cash. The perils to greenest. You get paid in life experience. As in, you get to experience living still.
4: I will say today you are paid in life experience, as you are going to get a total of 9,000 experience <laughs> to split between the four of you. And the next Whoops. time we get together, as I said, it will be two days from now. We'll go over any any final things you want to do, and then it will be finally time to talk to Thunderwrack again. Thanks for listening to our adventure. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our top tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.